0: Welcome to HLB Cross-Border Business Talks, HLB's global podcast series on international business topics.
1: Hi all, we are here with our guests, uh, Clancy Pavu at HLB Mauritius, Will Hannam at Orbit and uh, uh, Nirmal Shimadri at MCB Capital Markets Mauritius. Nirmal, um, is it a buyers or seller markets? Uh, I'm talking about, of course, uh, M&A
2: trends uh, for the African continent. Thank you. Uh, It appears to be still a a seller's market, given that Africa remains a very attractive destination uh, in general. uh, uh, Still a very large and growing uh, middle-class population, improving uh, macroeconomics, improving uh, political situation in general. So, all this would tend to indicate that uh people uh, are looking to buy uh into Africa and get uh businesses but but we have to be cautious it it's we can't say that in general it is a seller's market there are countries where people want to be uh, to, to, to buy more. There are sectors where they want to be involved more. And uh, unfortunately, as we know, uh, uh, last two, three years, the, the value of, of uh, m and transactions in Africa was a bit, uh, I would say, slow. Uh, why? Because uh, some private equity funds, unfortunately, Find it difficult to exit some of the transactions. Uh, we find that fundraising is taking longer than it used to be. Uh, on top of that, also, the Abraj uh, uh, incident has, hasn't helped a lot. So, all in all, I would say that Africa remains resilient and seems to be a seller's market, but uh, we have to, it, it depends on the sectors and the countries as well. Thank you, Nirmal.
1: Will, uh, we were talking about uh, the importance of the sector. So can you tell us a little bit more about uh, specific uh, activities within uh, various industries and who is buying, who are these buyers? And last, what the multiples are you seeing?
3: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I think there's, um, it's interesting, um, you know, the whole continent is very diverse um and you see different demands um for different industries across the continent and um and down to individual countries i think uh for us orbit we can see all um, the aggregated demand and you see a lot of um demand around um energy and mining uh the larger tickets um but, you know, so when you're looking across at the, the value of transactions, and I think it's certainly those two uh, tend to be uh, leading. I think if you look at the number of transactions that we're seeing across the continent, then I think it's, it's really more around the financial services and agri, um, which we're seeing a, a huge amount of demand for from across a wide variety of different investors. Um, and particularly with the agri, that's more on the secondary and tertiary. Um, so agri processing, agri logistics, um, more than the the primary agri is, is still a little bit of a challenge um, with the, the single asset risk. Um, I think um, just touching on uh, Nimal's point, you know, private equity has seen some some challenges. Um, looking across all the different asset classes, then um, then we see quite a, a variety of, of different demands and, and opportunities there. Uh, certainly PE is, is challenged. Um, debt seems to be structured debt so and working capital, asset finance, things like that. They um, There tends to be uh, quite good growth there that we're seeing in, in those markets and, and opportunities. Certainly a lot of um, new capital flowing in. And then uh, trade finance is exceptionally strong uh, across the continent and a lot of new entrants coming into that. Um, I think just touching on geographies quickly, um, I, th- I think there's the, the key hubs in the, the east and the west. Um, so uh, in the east and certainly around um, Kenya, uh, Ethiopia, um, and even down towards uh, Tanzania. And then over in the west, then certainly driven by Nigeria as the largest economy in that area. But then um, Ghana, uh, Senegal, and d'Ivoire and as well.
1: Thank you, Will. Um, Before uh, before moving to the next question, on this specific topic regarding geographies, uh, can you also tell us uh, which uh, um, foreign countries, you know, countries outside uh, Africa um, have invested the most in in, cross-border operations and in the future will probably invest in cross-border transactions?
3: yeah absolutely and I think um, that's that's something else that we're seeing a, a lot more um, diversification in the in the investor demand side so um, you know we're seeing for the current orbit investors uh, that use the platform then uh, we've got a, a, a largest group are actually funds which are managed within the African uh, continent Um whether the funds are incorporated in Mauritius or, or other jurisdictions but where the management team are sitting is, is often within the continent to be to be close to the opportunities um, I think we're st- still seeing um, you know there's, there's those key kind of routes between uh, capital in London and then also um, through through Paris as well coming down towards um, African continent But we're seeing increasing demand from both um, Middle East and Far East as well, Um, both looking for for entrance into the market. And that's particularly around uh, trading, trade finance. Uh, They're obviously key global trading hubs there and, and looking how they can deploy more capital to support that.
1: Thank you, Will. Uh, Clancy, what is the role of a jurisdiction like uh, Mauritius in this environment and what can be the role of Mauritius in the future in regard of cross-border
0: transactions for the continent? Thank you. Uh, yes, Mauritius, as you know, we have an a international financial center uh, which dates back for 30 years and now uh, we have developed into a completely compliant uh, we have been developing into a completely compliant uh, IFC right, under the IGs of the OECD and the, the FATCA and uh, today when we talk about m and uh, even the government has put in place uh, funds, uh, Africa Fund which enables and encourages uh, investors right, to, to use those funds in order to invest into Africa and there is quite a number of uh, advantages which Mauritius uh, uh, puts forward in terms of structuring of businesses the structuring of uh, funds. We are, we have already more than one thousand funds now in Mauritius. We which manage more than hundred million uh, USD billion USD, and uh, of course, not only structuring is our our main uh, advantage or, or, or the main thing, but we also have uh, finance houses, you know, like MCB Capital, like the banks, which already have finance also in different forms, trade finance, investment finance, magazine and different forms. So that uh, it, it offers opportunities in order to, uh, to, to, uh, to encourage and at the same time uh, to follow the flow of M&A in Africa. Thank you, Clancy. Uh-
1: On this point, you talked about Mauritius, but in general, how do you see the regulatory, uh, business, legal, and tax dynamics in general impacting on on cross-border transactions?
0: We have got a good body of law uh, in Mauritius and our laws are relatively simple. Uh, We've got a competition act, we've got a a, a securities act, and we get a famous companies act which is based on a mixture of UK law and New Zealand. And these are the basic uh, fundamentals, if you want, on which uh, M&A is done. Apart from that, we also have a number of – a pool of professional accountants, uh, management companies in the IFC, and also law firms, but also a lot of banks, uh, finance houses are, are acting as advisors, advising clients into into those deals. So, and uh, on the tax issue, tax uh, front, you know that Mauritius is a, is, a, is a very much tax-driven jurisdiction, right? We get tax rate, uh, maximum tax rate is 15%, and in global sector, tax rate can go down to 3%. So, it still it makes uh, Mauritius is compliant with OECD guidelines and uh, so which means that uh, tax is an an important aspect but it is not the only aspect which makes Mauritius important. It is particularly the, the, the pool of professionals which exist on finance and legal and also on the bank side. Thank you Clancy.
1: Now moving a little bit more into the general African context. Nirmal can you tell us what are what will be the let's say top three uh, most interesting uh, countries uh, and why so under the uh, m um, perspective?
2: Yes, uh, th- I, th- I would I would rather talk about the the, the regions which are which are uh, continuing to boom and and wi- which are the main countries that that are. Uh, continue to, to, to generate interest uh, in the east. Uh, in the east, uh, Kenya is of course uh, the largest economy, and continue to attract around uh, two thirds of the the M and A uh, opportunities uh, uh, in that region. We see also lots of uh, of uh, of interest for for countries like uh, Uganda. Uh, we we have there's interest uh, for for Ethiopia as well, which has come up with lots of reforms and and attracting investment not only from 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 uh, uh, countries like China but also from Europe and, and and the US now. So that's the East. The the West, uh, yeah, of course, uh, Nigeria remains the most attractive. Uh, 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 country uh, by the side, of, uh, the sheer side of, of its economy, and also the fact that uh, investors can, 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 can build scale from Nigeria and also go regionally in, in, in West Africa. Uh, but other countries does, do also uh, attract attention, like uh, you have uh, Ghana, you have also the French-speaking uh, countries, uh, Cote d'Ivoire and, uh, and uh, Senegal, which have, the f- in fact, uh, some of the fastest growth rate. Uh, in in the world. So uh, in the north, uh, uh, Morocco and uh, Egypt are the the two countries which are attracting attention uh, because of the political and and economic reforms that they brought. Especially recently, we have Egypt with with, uh, uh, lots of uh, reforms brought up, but also on the economic side, we have uh, we have the, the 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 gas projects which uh, which are uh, uh, helping quite a lot develop those economies. But maybe uh, just uh, uh, to to add up on on this uh, M&A trend and 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 um, and uh, attractiveness of the various countries, it's true also that we need to touch base on intra-African uh, uh, M&A because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there seems to be. A, a a small slowdown in inbound uh, m and transactions, that is cross-border transactions. But we see, uh, fortunately for Africa, that within Africa, there seems to be interest from one country to the other, from uh, one region to the other, because uh, many uh, uh, companies want uh, and sectors that we see need consolidation. So, for instance, we see it in the financial sector, like uh, uh, in Kenya, for instance, uh, we've seen M&A transactions going on because uh, there's, there's a requirement to consolidate and, and build scale, and, and uh, in, uh, in so many sectors, we will see this trend going on in the future so that uh, M&A transactions within Africa from by Africans will, will uh, hopefully continue to increase.
1: Okay, thank you very much to our to our guests here. I think it's been a very interesting uh, discussion, um, and uh, looking forward to see the what is going to happen with uh, M and A's in uh, in the continent. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about this topic and other cross-border business insights, visit
3: www.hlb.global/insights.